Well, you said that first show went really well. How do you know? Because when you're on stage, you can engage and you can see and you can feel the crowd. How do you feel the crowd when you're on a Zoom call or what have you? It was the strangest phenomenon. I was I was a little I was really kind of apprehensive, but the key was when I'm scrolling through people's screens on the Zoom and you can see them laughing. I mean, up close. And that was good. But I found myself clicking a lot on those that first <laughs> show. Like really like rifling through the pages of the of, of webcams. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. It's a new day in America. And waka waka, we got some comedy for you, everybody. Can you believe it? Oh, yes. On today's show, we welcome... Ray Ellen, comedian mm-hmm. and founder of ComedyCloud.co. Ray, welcome Dude. to the show, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having this me. This guy's got chops. He's got chops. Comedy Central. I mean, you, you Fox, Nat Geo. I mean, you, you've done some shit, Ray. You're, 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 from what I hear, you're a pretty damn funny guy. You're kind of a big deal. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I, I feel very, very, uh, very, very impressive sitting here. In my Tiny New York City apartment, but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we do what we can do. So, give us give us a little bit uh, about you, little Twitter bio. Well, I I started doing stand up uh, throughout uh, high school and college, and uh, then when I moved to New York, did a bunch of TV commercials, and while I was doing stand up, and then I uh, I made this movie, I produced and directed a film called The Latin Legends of Comedy, which did pretty pretty nicely. Nice and. Uh, I was most recently, I was an executive producer of a Comedy Central show called This Week at the Comedy Cellar. And uh, we did three seasons of that right before uh, the lockdown. And then I also started a comedy club called Aruba Ray's Comedy Club, which is the number one nightlife activity on the island of Aruba for the past seven years. So got to love that shit, right? I mean, when you're going to Aruba, you got your own place. It is nice. That's why I really I set it up. I, I've been going to Aruba for a bit, and I just fell in love with the island. And I went every month for a year. I kept going, you know, back and forth like eight days, nine days a month. Uh-huh. And I was like, how could I spend more time here? So I, I set up the comedy club in April of 2013, not really thinking it was gonna. I thought it'd be like, it'd be like an okay little thing, but it's turned into like a pretty solid um, place to go. So it's 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 awesome. Yeah. What's that- the what's the state of New York? We hear it's dying out it here is not, in the Midwest. Not, it doesn't feel like Aruba. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, you know, New York has gotten has gotten much better. I mean, compared when I when I I, I let, went down to Aruba uh, mid July, as soon as they opened up, and at the time that I left, like my neighborhood in New York, which which is a, it's a pretty nice neighborhood, it just felt really unsafe. You know, it was it wasn't. Uh, you didn't feel so great walking around the neighborhood. There was a little more and so on and everything was closed i mean i had the the supermarket the pharmacy and a deli those three things were open pretty close to my apartment which is great but everything else was was shut down and it was a pretty dreary vibe most people that left town probably 80 percent of my building 90 percent of my building had left and went somewhere else outside of new york but then when i came back early september there was there was a lot of uh, out, outdoor dining had now opened up. A bunch of stores had opened up, but that being said, there's still some 
terrific places that I've been going to for the last, you know, 10, 15 years that are, are gone, that went out of business, you know, restaurants and some other right. mom and pop stores and that, and that really, it sucks. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bummer yeah. and I feel bad for the owners. Um, and you know, they're hoping they can reopen maybe in a year someplace else that maybe at a better rent, but it's, it's, it's disappointing. You know, it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult, but you know, what can you do? You have to move forward, right? It's all you can. Well, well let's talk about that. I mean, overall you're, you're a comedian, you make people laugh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, sitting in your apartment in New York city doesn't suck during, during 2020, the shit storm we call 2020. How do you cope? How have you actually moved through this? Well, pretty, it's difficult. It's pretty challenging. You know, well, first of all, and I, and I, I I think you guys know. So March 1st, uh, my oldest sister passed away. She She's based in California. Mm, and no one that. really knew that much about COVID at the time. It was this brand new thing. And so, you know, we get this this terrible news. So, and then a week after her funeral, we basically go into lockdown. So we had just wrapped the third season of the Comedy Central show, Right as we're going into lockdown and a week prior, I had this terrible thing happen with my sister. So I kind of had this, you know, there's like this global pandemic that everyone is a part of. Then I had my own little personal crisis, you know, for me and my family. So when when we first went into lockdown, it was just like it was it was just a bizarre. It was just a, just a surreal feeling, you know, like you're, you're yeah. alone in your apartment. There's it's a lot to sort of figure out. And then they say, all right, you're going to be locked in for two weeks. And at first. Like, all right, it's two weeks. Uh, I guess I have some food in here. There's a supermarket around the corner. Um, okay, I'll just I'm gonna I'm gonna re binge uh, Game of Thrones. And literally, that that was that was the game plan. I'm gonna let yeah. me uh-huh. let me let me see what the Starks and the Lannisters are up to again for the next couple of weeks. And, it was Breaking um, Bad for me. It was Breaking uh, you, Bad. Oh, you rewatched Breaking Bad? I did that at some point. I think I did that. Hit that in June, but yeah. Um, it's uh, you know, that's that's really w- what I was doing at the time, and uh, I knew comedy clubs weren't going to be open, and uh, comedians were hurt. I set up a, a fund for uh, comedians. I knew there's there's a lot of comedians that ha- hadn't worked in, you know, quite some time, so I set up a com- a fund for that, um, not for me, but for my colleagues, and that was um, that felt good doing that, of course. I was talking to friends of mine who work, you know, in, in, at law firms and, and, and in banking and advertising and they're working from home. And some of my friends were saying to me, they're like, you know what, Ray, I love my wife. I love my kids, but I am losing my fucking mind. Like, they, were <laughs> yeah. just, they were just going crazy, you know, and same thing. And I, uh, 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 my friend Barbara said to me, she was like, you know what? I, my husband is just, I am going to murder him. Like, they, you know, they were really they were just going nuts. They cooped yeah. up all day with each other. So, yeah. so I, I really thought, okay, comedians have no place to work. I have, you know, friends who need some sort of relief. I, I you know, I would say to them, you really need to laugh right now more than anything. And then I, I get a call from a guy who had been to uh, my comedy, the comedy club in Aruba, and he said to me, you know, I, I you want to put together a show online for for my employees, and. I, I, on the one hand, I wanted to perform. On the other hand, I was feeling kind of lousy. But on the other hand, I knew people really needed an outlet and they needed yeah. a booth. And he said, you know, we're having motivational speakers coming every week. And at this point, I don't really think my employees feel motivated anymore. So, you know, <laughs> what, what do you say? And and I thought, you know, this let's give, let's give it a shot. So it was myself and three other comedians, um, all of whom, you know, everybody's been on The Tonight Show and America's Got Talent and 
Last Comic Standing and Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel and 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 everything. Uh, and and the show I produced, I, I would also work with probably about 180, 190 different comedians. So I just from being in the business a long time, I know a lot of different comedians. What I didn't realize was there's some comics that are great when you see them live in a theater or in a club, but online, either they're not into doing it online or their act just doesn't work well going through the webcam. So yeah. There was also a learning process with that to discover who was really great online and who's not. So is this just just for a visual? Is this like a Zoom call? Like it would almost be a fellow employee on the screen? Do you yeah. set up? Do you set up a stage? It's just sort of it's the same as a Zoom call. Uh, same as a Zoom call. Yes, and I we've tried different types of backdrops and some backdrops. You know, you kind of get lost. You look like uh, you look like uh, like Booberry. You know, from the studio. <laughs> you just kind of start floating. But some are better than others. But it, yeah, just like a, a regular Zoom call, you know, we had to learn about the best way to do lighting and audio and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So we do the show for, for this for this company and and it went great. I was like much better than I expected, both their reactions and and how it felt to perform, you know, on 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 your laptop. So I, I knew it had it to be it had to be modified. It had to the format of the, the flow of a show. Uh, it's totally different from seeing a regular comedy show and also becoming more proficient at zoom, you know, be, being able to spotlight people and tweaking the audio and that sort of thing. So I, I, and I, so I bring in a, a, a small production staff each time we do uh, a live event uh, to make that go smoother, but it went really well. And I said, there's something here and I kind of thought, and it, and it was great because it gave me something to think about something more constructive and creative to think about, you know, the during purpose, the, right? Yes, uh, yeah. exactly. It was really like, it gave me some sort of purpose that, you know, not only, you know, was I able to, Oh, this is something that can, you know, can boost people, make them feel better. Uh, you know, everyone's stuck at home. Everyone's cooped up. It'll boost their morale. Also give some comedians uh, a, a place to work. And then for myself, just a, a great distraction from, you know, from, just from everything else that, that was on my mind, you know? So, so that was really, it, it was the first time, you know, people come up to me after shows and comedy clubs before, and they would say to me, Oh, I've been going through such a hard time. And this is pre pandemic, you know, thanks. It, it felt so good. That sort of thing. And yeah. I, and I always appreciated hearing that, but this was the first time that for me personally, comedy really was a coping mechanism. I mean, who knows for the last 20 years, it's probably been a psychological coping, coping mechanism for me as well. That's all <laughs> sure. But, but you've, but you've spun this thing up where you have like six comedians, uh, that at comedy co. Uh, I mean, this is, this is actually turned into something more, it seems like, because you could have just done this yourself and said, oh, okay, wow. yeah, I'm going to give myself an outlet. This is a coping mechanism. But you went many more steps to start to include your community to, to, to obviously per prospectively help give them a coping, coping mechanism. But also, I mean, we're talking about people who don't have jobs right now, really, uh, giving yeah. them an opportunity to prospectively earn a wage. Tell me how that all came together in your mind, because this is very community centric. And I, and I love uh, this comedy cloud idea. Oh, thank you. Thanks. It's yeah, it, it was it was one thing, I, you know, from talking to my fellow comedians, I knew how down they were. And, and not only from not having a, a place to perform, but also they were worried about about making a living. So I, I really thought to myself, you know, why not 
why not include other people? Now there's probably, I have a, there's a stable of about 12 different comedians now uh, that I, that I primarily use that, that I use in a rotation. And I like to, for every show, I like to always have myself plus at least four and a, it gives other comics, uh, an outlet and, and a paycheck. And also just like a regular comedy show, I, I think it's good for the audience to have a mix and have a variety. You know, when we do a show in, in Aruba at the club down there or yeah. at a place in New York, I like to always have at least, you know, uh, two other people. So I figured, you know what, this is online. I don't have to fly comedians down to Aruba. So let me make it four or five, uh, just so to, just to spread the wealth a bit. And how do you, how do you match companies with comedians? Does a company come to you and say, Hey, I want somebody really edgy, like cussing or like, Oh, I just want some safe, you know, water cooler talk. How do, <laughs> how, does, how do you match the companies with the comedians and what does it typically cost? Uh, it's funny you say there, there, I do, I do get information from each company. I do want to know, you know, what's the, the makeup of, of their staff, you know, what's the age range, uh, mm -hmm. what's the ratio of, of men to women, uh, married, single, you know, there's a variety of questions I do ask. Um, I've had companies say to me, you know, we, we, I would like uh, an all, uh, Latino lineup. If you could do that. Uh, I've had one, there was a, a women's organization that we did uh, a show for and they wanted an all, uh, all the comedians to be women. So I can, you know, definitely, and that makes it, there's a challenge there because then sometimes maybe I'm performing, doing, going to put together a show with some people that I haven't worked with. I might mm -hmm. not even have worked with them live outside of a computer. So I like to also then do sort of, um, sort of almost like a fake, like almost a dummy show just to get a sense of who, uh, works and who doesn't, you know, right? Right. Because um, again, there are there's there's a technical aspect as well. Performing on your computer to me, and I think any comic would agree, is much more challenging than just doing a live show, you know. And but in a fun, challenging way, you know. But yeah. when you get done with the show afterwards, you're sort of like, well, okay, I'm a little tired, you know. That it takes something out of you. But at a regular comedy club, after you do a show, you hang out with your your friends, your, you know, your fellow comics, have a drink, whatever. Yeah. And here it's like, you know, you, you log off and you're like. Okay, I'm back alone in my apartment. This is uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, you said that first show went really well. How do you know? Because when you're on stage, you can engage and you can see and you can feel the crowd. How do you feel the crowd when you're on a Zoom call or what have you? It was the strangest phenomenon. I was I was a little I was really kind of apprehensive, but the key was when I'm scrolling through people's screens on the Zoom and you can see them laughing. I mean, up close, and that was good. But I found myself clicking a lot on those that first <laughs> show, like really, like rifling through the pages of the of, of webcams on Zoom. Like I really wanted to see everybody as much as I could. And you also you can't hear all the audio because you get feedback if you turn on every mic. Right. So I, you know, I only open up a certain amount of microphones, and that has to be monitored to see if anyone's popping during the show, that sort of thing. But I was just like, you know, and it's and you get a kick out of it watching. You know, performing and you see somebody like stroking their cat, you know, or uh, <laughs> oh, you didn't have Jeffrey Tubin on, did yeah, you? Right. <laughs> That'd be a pretty interesting show. And uh, I'm sure it would go viral if you recorded it. But um, but uh, there's been no tubing. I've always said that, that that's a verb now is is if you totally. if you take care of yourself during a Zoom call, you are tubing, which is why I prefer a free conference call. <laughs> Don't run the risk. We'll get back to the interview in a minute. But first, we have a question for Andy Katz, COO of Next. 
So for those companies that are out there today who are kind of hesitant because they're afraid of texting, mm -hmm. what do you have to say to them? <laughs> Get with the program. People are texting these days. Uh, you know, I, I will say that I'm in a different generation, a different point in my career that I agree I would be hesitant, but there are obviously millions and millions of people that are in that demographic that want to receive them. So it's again, know your audience and be able to deliver a message to your audience the way they want to receive it. For more information, go to hiring.next.com. Remember, that's next with the double X, not the triple X. Hiring.next.com. Do you find that companies usually want work-related comedy or do they want sort of just your act as you would normally do it? Do you need to spin it usually for comp like company humor, Dilbert type stuff or not? Uh, it's both. It's both. You're, yeah. doing, you're doing material from your act, you know, relationships and that sort of thing. And now relationship material has gone in the direction of, you know, wow, breaking up during a pandemic. You know, there's that. There's, you know, bits about yeah. that or or, or being with your spouse 24 seven, you know, there's, there's that type of humor. And then also, sure, there, there's work, uh, work related humor that if some comics have it, I think it's good to, to, to use because, you know, anything that's relatable, you know, any, you know, and now we're at the point where it's like, yeah, everybody knows that person at the office who like, you know, loves to dominate the zoom meeting, you know, before it was like, they wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. you know, they wouldn't shut the hell up by the water cooler. And now, you know, they're, you know, completely like, you know, just yelling everybody down, uh, on their laptop. So so this has given you tons of material. There's a lot new stuff. I mean, there's only so many jokes you can do about, about you know, sitting alone in a studio <laughs> in New York City, you know, surrounded by uh, uh, bottles of, of uh, wine. But um, but yeah, no, there's definitely there's 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 always new material that evolves and stuff you learn from from watching the news and and that sort of thing, we do tend we I I we never want the shows to be really political or racial because just like doing a live corporate event, you know you're not supposed to do that kind of stuff. You know that's mm -hmm. that, that, that's it's not a New York City nightclub. So I always make it very clear with everybody what the guidelines are um, and and those things. You know, no politics, no uh, race material. That's always been a constant with all the show. We've done over eighty shows now. Wow. Um, yeah, and for all and for you know tech companies and financial companies and media companies, shipping companies. We've done a few of those, and anywhere from eighteen people up to nine hundred. Usually, it's around one hundred and fifty, two hundred people, but they've gone anywhere you know up close to a thousand people and as low as when when we did it for you know sixteen, eighteen people. I those are actually harder because you have fewer people to work with. Because the, the best part about these shows, and one thing I do love is that, so when, if I'm live on stage in a club, you know, I'll interact with people primarily in the front row, you know, and improvise and add oh, yeah, sure. them. So what's great about these shows is theoretically, everybody's in the front row. And <laughs> so it's kind of exciting. Now you don't feel the energy the same way that you do in a live club. But I have learned how to sort of pick up the vibe just based on visual cues. And look, if somebody has their webcam off, there's a visual cue right there. It's you know, stay oh, yeah. away from me. But but um, but generally speaking, you do pick up 
uh, energy from someone just from the way they're sitting in in relation to their webcam and that sort of thing. Have have you been have you been heckled yet? How does yeah, that work on Zoom? There was one time that that I was. You know, I've, I've learned that really remarkable. You don't have to worry about a bouncer, or you know, you don't have to be afraid of having a bottle thrown at you. You can just with one finger, you can click that mute button, and that's the heckler disappears. It's remarkable. <laughs> there was only one time there was actually a guy drunk in his living room, and he. Would... <laughs> so so HR wasn't on that call, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty, it was, it was kind of something to see, you know, especially someone sitting, uh, you know, on a couch, leaning back and just shouting things at a comic, but it was, it was, it was fine. <laughs> so, um, so with the holidays, have you seen like an uptick in interest? Because everybody's always looking for their holiday party right now. Yeah. And I mean, from a scalability standpoint, I would assume that you can probably even do more uh, than you could before. I mean, you don't have to travel. You don't have to go to all these different places. How, how has that changed? Have you seen? Uh, does it even matter that the holidays are happening? Yeah. Well, we've been we've been doing uh, you know tons of shows from from May up until now. You know, it's been about a little eighty four, eighty five shows. That's been great. And then yeah, we're, the calendar is really filling up in December. Uh, there's some days we have two a day. I mean, theoretically, uh, you know, it's, you could do, you could do four of these a day, you know, it's, um, but the calendar has definitely been filling up for December for holiday parties. And truthfully, this is objectively speaking, this to me is the most fun you could have on zoom. I know people do trivia things and scavenger hunts and wine things. This is the most fun. As long as people are into comedy, it's great. And the other thing is the interactive part, the interactive component of these shows is excellent it makes when you pull up somebody on on the you know, if i spotlight their video on zoom yeah they feel like they're on the jumbotron in Times square you know like they <laughs> yeah. feel appreciated they're engaged in a way they haven't been in the last you know seven months mm-hmm. and it really does boost their morale and it's incredible I, i've had companies that have booked us again as soon as we're done they'll email me and they'll say can we do this again next month because you just people and then employees will interact with each other on some level during the shows as well. And that's great. It's great to see. I mean, it's really, really satisfying when you have a bunch of people that you know are isolated and you can see them all laughing together on your screen. It's oddly satisfying. So the interactive part of these shows is really special. And that's the other thing I learned in the beginning. I was talking to people in the audience, in the virtual audience just a little bit and it was usually later in the show and now that's that's something that i'll get into early in the show and it'll be a constant throughout the show so a you have to know how to work a crowd which is something i knew how to do from you know, doing stand-up in, in clubs yeah and then it is fun it's all and also you get sick of your jokes you've done some of the same jokes hundreds of times <laughs> like something dave chappelle had said he said your jokes are like your kids you know you you love them but you get sick of them sometimes so, you know, it's it adds there's always something new when you talk to someone and and to see how people live is also fascinating. You know, like, you know, it, when you have a, a bunch of uh, hedge fund guys and you're performing for them versus a bunch of interns from a shipping company, you know, <laughs> it's it's a world of difference uh, in the in the uh, in the in the backdrop. So Can't I'm imagine. Curious. Yeah. Curious, you, you've you've mentioned a lot of industries, a lot of demographics, a lot of uh, you know just different businesses, and I'm assuming locations. 
how much homework goes into each show and how much, I guess, customization do companies expect? Like, do you do you make fun of the CEO, for example? Are you on, you know, Wikipedia and, and checking out their their history to make jokes about them? Are you learning more about different industries and sort of what's timely jokes there? Or is it basically just we're going to give you the show and there's not going to be a lot of sort of really inside baseball uh, with the comedy? The comic stalker. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. No, I, I always like to learn more about the company and I'll share information with other comedians about it as well. You know, I, uh, the, the uh, comics act, you know, they're tried and true material. You want to make sure they get to that because that's the stuff that, you know, works. But I mm-hmm. always like to make the shows as, as personalized as possible and as customized as possible. So I'll learn you know, about what the company does, what sort of what their mandate is, what their sort of what their one company had like their own sort of bill of rights, which I I learned what those were. And then I found a, a lower level employee and uh, I, I unexpectedly quizzed him on some of those, uh, which was really which actually was a lot of fun. Um, he, didn't know, he didn't know any of them. Um, but no, I, I always want to learn about, about the company and what their missions, what their mission is and, and how they've been, been doing as a company and what the culture is within their organization. And some CEOs uh, I'm, are very happy to, to engage. I always will find out from before the show, give me a list of people you definitely don't want us to speak with during the show. There's some, for whatever reason, maybe they say our boss isn't going to want this, or we have so-and-so works in whatever department and uh, it's better if you stay away from that person. And then also give me some names of people you that you definitely want us to talk to. Because a lot yeah. of times now people will have, not just for their employees, but they'll have do shows for their clients. So, you know, please uh, talk to this guy in, in Delaware Please Smart. talk to this person who's in in Austin, Texas. Please talk to this guy in Idaho. You know, because uh, we've done we've done events for people where if it's their national sales meeting and the, and they do have clients, they have clients all over the country. Which is the other thing that, that becomes kind of interesting is that we've done shows for people in different time zones. So we'll have people that are watching in New York, Tennessee, Los Angeles, and London, and we'll start the show at like two in the afternoon. And you see people, you know, sipping a cup of coffee at the same time someone else is sipping whiskey, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's kind of cool. You know, it's kind of cool to bring people together to, from, you know, different different parts of the world. It's pretty fun. And the other thing I'm going to say is shockingly, I mm-hmm. enjoy doing shows at at two o'clock, one, two, three o'clock in the afternoon because the the the, the audience, the 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 employees, they love that a typical work day is getting broken up with doing something fun, you know, yeah. as opposed to hey, yeah. come back at eight o'clock tonight, you know, we're going to log in for an event. That's great too. That's fine. But to let them to interrupt a, a typical work day where they might be bored out of their mind, uh, that works really, really well. I'd like to say, I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to go ahead and wrap up Ray. First and foremost, you know, again, yeah, the holidays are coming up and we definitely need to laugh, especially it's 2020 for God's sakes, but this comedy, I don't care what time of the year it is. Uh, yeah, we don't need any more of those goddamn motivational speakers. Let's get some comedy in there. <laughs> so Ray, let me ask you real quick so that everybody knows where to go. Where can everybody find you so that they can get prospectively in the queue to get you and some of your comedians to their conference or their just their company meeting they can go to comedycloud.co that's the website comedycloud.co you can also find us on linkedin 
And those are the easiest ways to get in touch. And cool. it's, it's a pretty simple, straightforward process to get things rolling. And I guarantee, I promise, it will be the best event you can do for your staff or for your clients, for sure. It really, they're a lot, a lot of fun. Awesome. Excellent, man. Well, wait, we appreciate you taking the time and uh, being, on our, uh, being on the show. I appreciate you guys having me. It's a lot of fun, and and uh, I hope to see you guys again uh, live in person. That's what Sounds I'm saying. Great. Excellent. Chad? We out. We out. Thank you for listening to, what's it called? The podcast. The Chad. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses, and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.